0: A young woman people can't stop talking about. Yo, Taylor,
1: Taylor, Swift. Taylor, Taylor Swift.
0: Swift. Taylor Swift. Yes, Taylor Swift. 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 Ish. What just happened? Welcome back to Swift-ish. I'm Ashley. I'm Shelby. And today we have a special guest. We have Lupe yes. with us. She is the cutest dog ever. If you don't follow her, go to, what's her Instagram account? La Doodle Lupe. La Doodle Lupe. She's very excited because, um, her owner has, how many shows are we going for a reputation? Oh, just a, just a few, just three. (laughs) Three shows. You guys, this past week was pre-sale. Yes. All of the fans who, uh, did the Ticketmaster Verified fan. Crazy. Crazy (laughs) side. Watching
1: her eat kale and cook Yes.
0: it It is over. People have their tickets. Yes. they're happy. They're sad. I don't know. You know. <laughs> I, I know. Actually, you know, it's another weekend. You know, Taylor Swift made millions. Probably just this raking week. it in. Yeah, just raking it in. Um, so for Reputation, she's projected actually to make two point five million to three million sales just and solely tickets for I the forty four day tour. <laughs> I can't because she did. 63 North American tour dates, 22 international tour dates for 1989, and made $2.3 million in ticket sales. Yeah. And she's going to be making, projected to make more for reputation. For half the shows. For
1: half the shows. I know. It's crazy. I mean, that's part of the drama, though, right? Is ticket prices and... <laughs> yeah, it's like, is she trying to make up for the money that she's right. not going to make I mean, it's a savvy business move, I guess. Like, we've talked about Hamilton did the same thing in New York where they just realized scalpers were making so much, so they're like, oh, well, if people are willing to pay that much... Why do it?
0: Why 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 can't I? (laughs) And if Taylor can have more personal time to herself and not be touring forever, oh,
1: it's a cush tour. It's it's like one a week and just plenty of time in between. Yeah,
0: she has two jets flying her back and forth. Well, she only has one jet because remember, and look what you made me do. She took only lost the other jet. The other one. (laughs) She just took it away. You know. Before we get into the reactions of the media and other Swifties, Mm -hmm. I think we should talk about our own personal experiences. It, it feels so long ago. It does. It, like Emotions have kind of, like, settled down yeah. for me. We were... I was in a,
1: a small rage the you day were. of tickets. Well, <laughs> let's
0: talk about just Saturday before pre-sale. Yes. We were all thinking we were going to get emails around... Mm-hmm. It was supposed to be 2 p.m. from Ticketmaster, and then it bumped back to 7 p.m. Right. And then I was at a Christmas party for my husband's work, and my, he was kind of upset with me because I was checking my email. <laughs> I know. Times. I was in
1: the movie theater. The movie stuff So ten so <laughs> p- p.m. rolls it was around, bad.
0: and we get an email saying, "Check your portal right. and check your time." Mm-hmm. And I had. I think it was three to four central time and you did too. Yeah. I was a little bit shocked. I know. Well, I'm me too. <laughs> I had like 4,600 boosts yeah. and you had 1,500. So yeah. I was just, you know, I wasn't mad, but I was just really interested in how it was going to go. Right. Um, it seemed like so many people had the three to
1: four hours. So yeah. it was like, well, does that just mean all that Everyone, work was for nothing? Everyone's getting in the same time. Like what's the point yeah. of this hour I,
0: block? I was hoping that Ticketmaster had my back because they did say, if you don't receive your text within this exact window, please remain patient. Yeah. A lot of people didn't. (laughs) Your spot in line will not change. Right. So, I figured the codes would be given out into smaller groups, Mm -hmm. which happened. And because of that, it actually delayed people from getting their pre-sale codes. Yeah, by a lot. It did. So, Ticketmaster had to tweet out... Some fans may be experiencing a delay with receiving their codes. We have purposely slowed down code distribution to ensure the best purchasing experience for everybody. Yeah. Yeah. Which people were up in arms because you didn't (laughs) receive your code till like 415. Right.
1: Yeah. Because I I knew mine would be delayed. I mean, I kind of was fine about it, but I was also at work and I was like, do I stay at
0: work? Yeah. I I know. So billboard, according to David Marcus, he's the head of music at Ticketmaster. So this is the cause of delay. Ticketmaster was only allowing three people on average per concert into the purchasing queue to buy tickets. And so that's about 5% of those who signed up to be verified fans got to participate in Tuesday sales. Yeah. Only 5%. (laughs) And People were still going slow and receiving their codes, right. like, up to 11 p.m. Ticketmaster yeah. is processing sales of about 18 tickets per minute per show. They normally process 2,000 tickets per minute. <laughs> so for Taylor Swift's, it was 18 tickets per minute yeah. per show. It was so cool I, that they worked that out. Yeah, and I think it took me about... Mm-hmm. 18 minutes because I people in my office. Right. Deciding what tickets we wanted. Yeah. And the tickets I wanted were that we originally wanted. were still there after like oh, 15 I minutes. You so had
1: such a breezy time.
0: It was just, <laughs> br- it was just breezy, breezy. So yeah. let me tell you about Please. my experience and then you tell me about yours because yes. they're very different.
1: Different. I know. Very
0: different. <laughs> so I got my code at about... 319 but to tell you some backstory i'm going mm-hmm. with five other people <laughs> yeah. and we are all different price ranges that we wanted to pay we're like it's just a lot of different personalities different yeah Ideas yes, of brainstorm. what we wanted, yes, yeah. brainstorming. So we all met at noon for lunch to talk about it. For, it took us an hour <laughs> to decide what we were going to do. Option one, if tickets were too expensive. Right. Option well, two. Well, that's what was
1: hard is that we still at this point didn't know prices. No, we didn't know like what seats would be available. Well, we were
0: arranging it off of the UK, and the most expensive right. tickets in the UK were eight hundred dollars right. for the pit. Mm-hmm. 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 <laughs> so, um. The, these people came into my office, we had another yeah. friend on speaker phone, so <laughs> I, I got my code at 319, I casually browsed the tickets with some friends in my office, and then at 334, so there you go, mm-hmm. 334, I selected, selected my six. tickets, I selected six tickets, I'm in section J on the side of the floor, 12 rows back.
1: I know, well, simultaneously, you were texting me all this, and I was waiting simultaneously, for Simultaneously,
0: you guys, yeah. <laughs> I went for my text from... Taylor Nation Ticketmaster and you were texting me. And yeah, I was like stop <laughs> texting me. Every single time you text I know. me, I'm thinking it's when Ticketmaster text. <laughs> I know, but, but you I needed, I was me.
1: alone in my office. No one understands, So yes. I needed just some explanation. And people on Tumblr who had gotten their who had gotten their links first were like, "Oh, by the way, front row are $1500." 15.
0: It's crazy. I I was shocked to see that. And not only that. So like yes, my ticket process was easy breezy $1,500 I was shocked I wanted like the section mm-hmm. right by the either catwalk, the catwalk yeah. or in the middle of like the two they Great weren't out even, they weren't even released I know they were not even released which made know. me mad yeah because I had done I 4,600 boost I bought merch I bought cds and the best tickets in the house were either $1,500 <laughs> yeah. or grayed out I know and Pitt was 800, 800. Which was expected. It was
1: VIP only, front row, and then you had VIP sections in the back of the floor and along the best yes. seats in the lower bowl. So,
0: December thirteenth, they will be selling non-VIP snake pits. So, are you sure? I'm positive. Because I thought Ticketmaster came
1: out and said that they really? wouldn't be.
0: Yeah. Because I, I heard the opposite. Because that's what they're doing in the UK, I think. Oh,
1: I know. But someone got <laughs> someone in your boat who has boosted. She was so mad because she saw that rumor. She tweeted Ticketmaster, and they're like, "No." that's a rumor these prices will not change there will not be non-vip options for pit so it's like again there's still mass confusion because there were those like grayed out sections and there were these vip
0: like extremely expensive spots and it depended on venue some venues oh, yeah. had the middle in front mm-hmm. of the stage behind 1500 available like it just depended on by yeah. venue like it just makes me. I know. Upset. So
1: I was waiting for my code, and I was like, "Oh, I don't know what I'll get." And so when I got my code finally, it was around four um, fifteen. So just a few minutes past the window, I'd been told, which was fine. And I got on, and I was like impressed by how easy the
0: site was to navigate. It was I, nice; you it can was so shop nice. the seats. I was what I loved about it was I was able to like actually select right. the seats I wanted, exactly. unlike nineteen eighty nine, you went in and they just, just auto generated the best possible seats. Right. I was not expecting that.
1: Oh, I know it was so nice. I saw this aisle row, <laughs> this these two aisle seats. They were right in front of B stage. Mm-hmm and i like selected them it was 10 minutes into my window like i was in there for 10 minutes found the seats went to purchase them and it just was like oh these aren't available do you want these and i was like yeah sure and then it said oh these are not available do you want these and it and it switched back to the same row i had just selected so I was like, okay, and I clicked it again. It happened like 10 times in a row where it was just cycling through. This isn't available. Do you want these? This isn't available. Do
0: you want these? Were they the same tickets that were flashing back? Yes. So in it that was, time frame, all the other better tickets were probably Exactly. Being
1: taken. It was so stressful, and I was like, okay. So I refreshed, and I went back, and they were still there, but I was like, do I, like, try again, or do I go for somewhere else? And then, like, as I refreshed, there were less tickets available, and then I would go to a different section, and it was like, this isn't available, do you want these? But the problem with the do you want these options was they didn't actually show you what seats you were getting, it just showed the section you were getting. And so I didn't want to, like, say yes, and then end up being on the back of the floor instead of the front of the floor. So I was like very very very, very stressed. I was having an emotional breakdown because I've never done floor before and I was really excited about it. but we ended up my husband and I ended up getting tickets in the lower bowl, which were nice tickets and I'm sure be great in the lower Bowl? Oh, well so we got 126. I just bought them. I, I didn't really yeah I didn't really like look I was just in such a huff. My work day was over I needed to leave. So I just bought them, and I left, and I was just a wreck, you guys. Like, it was so embarrassing. My husband was like, I thought you lost your job. Like, I looked so, <laughs> I looked so, like, depressed because I had been so frustrated. It was like, this is supposed to be so easy. Everyone had, had such a breeze about it. But then um, then I got home, and I had been boosting for my little sister so I can go to the Arizona show. On your so, birthday. Yeah, so she got her boost, um, her code. Pretty much immediately in the window, she'd been told. So I logged in. There were still tons of floor seats, and mm-hmm. I got floor seats. So <laughs> my husband was like, "Okay, Shelby, like, calm down next time," because it all worked out. But uh, it was just like really frustrating because I felt like like parts of the system were great, but then I was like annoyed that there were limited floor seats mm-hmm. to choose from for people who had done Interested. this dumb work.
0: The, so, yeah, it
1: really was dumb. Yeah, it was so like. That's the thing is, you know, I boosted a lot, but not as much as a lot of people. Mm -hmm. Like, I guess I was in the 3%, right? So if I had found out that you had been able to buy front-row tickets, I would have been like, cool, that's amazing. you know Right, if you'd gotten normal (laughs) price tickets. But it was like, well, what was all that boosting for? It kind of lumped everyone together. There wasn't really added benefits except that they slowed down the ticket sales, which is nice, but they could have done that without us having to boost, you know? Yeah, they could have. You could have just signed up for this stupid verified fans. And instead, they really, like, screwed the poop. They yeah. screwed the pooch. <laughs> yeah. I mean, do you think all that boosting was worth it?
0: Would you have done the same amount if I'm you'd known? I'm so competitive, and yes, yeah. I would have. I would have done even more. <laughs> yeah. What I really loved about it was, I guess because I didn't have the experience that you did, but mm, I was able to go in right. and select my seats. And yeah. I had six people, so I was afraid... I would get bad seats right. with six That's people true. but I was able to go and all six of us could sit together yeah. so on that front I was glad that mm-hmm. I was able to get six good right, well, semi good seats
1: no yeah it will be so fun. fun
0: I know I think the
1: most frustrating thing will be if she releases those middle floor seats
0: I don't... I mean,
1: obviously, concerts aren't just the middle... It's not just good on the floor. Like, I think lower bowl, ball, all of it but would be great. But the biggest
0: Swifties the biggest fans mm-hmm. want to be closer. Yeah. So the fact that all the biggest Swifties, all the biggest fans boosted their life away <laughs> yeah. and didn't get options to those right. middle sections.
1: Yeah. It's just like, to me, if you're going to tell people, which they did join this ticket verified so you can have the best tickets for the best prices like that's a direct quote from their website do and you, then they Do you feel like we got the best tickets <laughs> for the best prices? So no, I think they could have at least done one pit that was general, yeah. you know. Why does it all need to be VIP? And they could have done the middle floor seats for us and the back seats for whoever they're reserving them for. Yeah,
0: they they could have.
1: I don't know why they wouldn't have done that. And at least offer some non-VIP for the best seats in the house on the lower bowl, on the front rows. Like, that's the thing that was crazy, too, is if you were in the nosebleeds, you couldn't get the front row seats without paying more. Mm-hmm. Like, it was, like, $40 for the back, but then it was, like, 200 for the front row of the nosebleeds. Of the nosebleeds. Yes.
0: Wow. Yeah.
1: So, it's crazy. It's, like... It, it just seems like, well what the only benefit I can see for the verified program is that it did slow down ticket sales yeah. so you could actually go in yeah. and shop around.
0: So, you know, the media loves to hate Taylor. And I <laughs> yeah. thought that this would give him a perfect outlet to do so. Right. However, there are only one or two negative articles I know. about this. And I don't know if because the media is scared of taking on Taylor because I would be scared taking on yeah. Taylor. There's um, TicketNews.com said, Taylor Swift angers fans with reputation tour prices. <laughs> yeah. This was after the UK pro- um, prices were announced, said Taylor Swift was unarguably one of the most has one of the most dedicated fan bases in the music industry, a power she wielded when she rolled out a pay-for-play ticket scheme (laughs) that had allegedly been costing fans money for her album downloads and merch. But apparently, their (sighs) undying loyalty for the pop princess can only be pushed so far. When UK tickets were on sale and rumored US prices were revealed, fans took to Twitter to express their emotions, which range from disappointment to utter rage. <laughs> I know. Someone says, like, was our, someone was just like, only Taylor Swift can afford Taylor Swift's <laughs> reputation tour tickets.
1: It's true. It was like, it just seemed really out of touch for someone who's so, like, proud of her connection to fans. Yeah. It seems like... For someone willing to go above and beyond in so many ways. And meet
0: fans. Yeah. You know, take them out of the the concert at Jingle Bash, Jingle Ball, and mm-hmm. meet them. You think that. It
1: seems like the easiest thing to do would just be like, hey, let's do one general pit. Let's do these seats for the f- pre-sale. Let's just not rip them off just because I'm only doing half of the amount of tour dates. Yeah. So it was a little, it felt a little dirty to me. And who knows who's in charge of that? Like, Taylor Swift? I believe, has a lot of sway over her business. I think she likes it that way. So a lot of people are like, oh, it's not Taylor Swift, it's Ticketmaster, it's the venues. And I'm sure to some degree that's true, but I'm also sure she's Taylor Swift and has a lot of power. I do do
0: too. So the funniest tweet that I read, because after the pre-sale tickets, prices were announced, she got more flack from her fans, like Mm -hmm. the U.S. fans. Someone tweeted, can old Taylor be undead? She was a lot more affordable (laughs) than new Taylor.
1: Yes, it's true. I mean, and you expect... Expect that like I didn't think that like people were like oh my gosh I got I got pit tickets for speak now for $50 and I was like well yeah but that was she's speak in now. a totally different yes phase now
0: I I would have paid three to four hundred right. to be in the pit
1: yeah and it's like what are you paying for you're paying for this VIP box it's like this like box sorry, with her own like message and with like <laughs> you yeah, like a lanyard that lights up it's just like so what are you for doing? the pit,
0: it might be like worth it because you get early access to the venue, you get a better you can spot. Stand there all day, yeah. yeah you can stand there all day, <laughs> yeah. Um, but to play the devil's advocate, other tickets were affordable, and That's some true. fans were excited that they got floor tickets for about seventeen or one hundred seventy to two hundred yeah. dollars, non-VIP. Other standard tickets were fifty to two hundred. It ranged right. by the venue, yeah. So it just ranged where they were, how new the venue was, how old the mm-hmm. venue was. In a statement they sent to Los Angeles Times, her team defended the program as a way to reward the loyal fans. If these same tickets were offered on the open market, scalpers would snatch them up and fans would be paying thousands of dollars for them. Uh, yeah, it's like, let's, so yeah, so do the system, but then offer affordable tickets still, you know? But let's talk about resale. <laughs> yeah. um, like, people have these pit tickets. I know. Like, I told you in a previous episode, there are still bots, there are still people who are who have like make their money reselling tickets, who did the boosting yes. on vivid these nosebleeds tickets that we were talking about are going for like $300 yeah. and they're reselling snake pit tickets for over $3,000. <laughs>
1: I know. I know. And I mean, that's the thing is the front row seats by the time I got home, they were gone. Those $1,500 seats were gone. It's like people don't actually like there will always be people who won't care about the price and mm-hmm. they'll
0: just pay for it. Which maybe that's why they're limited so $1,500. Yeah. Tickets. Yeah. So, this is my question. Yeah. Say she averaged out how much she would be making for the $1,500 mm-hmm. and the $800 and $500 tickets and averaged it out for everyone to pay that much. Do you think people would still be outraged that the tickets were a little bit more because she was making up for the $1,500 she decided to forego? Yeah, I don't know. I think you're down if you do, you're down right. if you don't, if you're Taylor Swift. Right. At this point. Yes,
1: that's true, and I can see that, but... The fact remains that she told her fans that you can boost, you can get access to the best tickets, and technically some of the best tickets, those middle floor tickets, weren't available. And it's just like, I don't know, that seems shady, and that seems like whoever communicated what this, what we would get from this Ticketmaster experience wasn't necessarily forthcoming on yeah. what would be available.
0: Mm-hmm. I so know, I, I know she has... She's partnered with American Express. She's Mm partnered with, like, venues. I know they hold those tickets because it's their preferred people, but we should be their preferred right
1: now. And it's like, (laughs) yeah, I feel like even if she'd just done, like, a section from the front to the back and left the sides, like, it just seems like there are options to work around this, and... Honestly, I would feel better if those tickets never become available for general sale. And they, and they just are just held in for Taylor yeah.
0: Nation or for fans right. that she's picking for the, out. the venue people for everyone. Because Taylor Nation is making a list and checking it twice. Yeah.
1: <laughs> that would be a great twist if she was like, oh, I'm saving these seats for my hand-picked fans who couldn't afford tour. I would be so for yes. that.
0: Yeah, me too. But if
1: those go on sale December 13th and anyone can just walk in and buy those floor tickets, it'll be pretty frustrating. Yes. So, <laughs> it was a little rough to experience that, and, like, honestly, it was nice, and I we were able to get tickets to a third show yes, to go together, yes. which will be so
0: fun. So fun. So, yeah, I mean, that's the thing, is everyone got tickets, so... Everyone did. And <laughs> I asked some of our, our followers about how they felt about it, and yeah. they were pretty... I th- I feel like they're pretty um, split like you and I. Right. Someone said that Caroline, she said she got her code 49 minutes late. But after that, it was smooth sailing. She has amazing seats. She thought the prices were lower than she expected for behind B stage. And overall, she thinks her boost paid off. But then yeah. Alexa said that she got her code 30 minutes late. And she liked the idea of the interactive seat map, which mm-hmm. I loved. And being able to pick your exact seats. But like you, she voiced her frustration because her screen kept freezing up and tickets she was selecting were already gone.
1: I know. It's rough. Like, that's the thing. Mine was just a total glitch and, like, you know, I'm not, like, mad at Taylor Swift or Taylor Nation or Ticketmaster for it. But it was frustrating. (laughs) Let me just tell you that much. But there were good things this week that, like, I was able to relax and like remember that it's still fun to be swifty. Decompressed,
0: There's even always drama,
1: though. We boosted hours of our lives away, um, but it's been a good week. I mean, Reputation is still number one on
0: Billboard. It's number one worldwide on iTunes. And um, Ed has a big mouth. Yeah, Ed <laughs> someone asked, asked him when it, when the end game music video was going to be released. It was during Jingle Ball the first night, and he should have been like, oh, yeah. I'm, I was like, what, what are, don't are you know talking about? But he said, answer. I don't know if I can tell you when. Yeah, something along those lines. <laughs>
1: yeah, and he was like, oh yeah, we're in it, and or I'm in it. And I was like, oh well, cut of the back. So we'll go. be getting a music video some at some point. And um, she's been doing all these Jingle Balls and Jingle Bashes and meeting a bunch of fans. She's been
0: meeting so many fans. It's been
1: fun to see. I mean, she just whips them out of the crowd. Um, a lot of them are like Tumblr Swifties who are like who've been promoting their costumes yeah. or um, their relationships with Taylor. And so some of them Taylor had liked, but one of them was like, she was like, I, I didn't know you'd even seen this. I didn't even know you'd saw. I was here. And she's like, oh, yeah, I saw you post it like Wednesday. And I was like, yep, I've got to meet her. Mm-hmm. And she was like, what? You didn't even like it. And she's like, oh, that's my thing now. I don't like it. I don't like things sometimes. I just screenshot them and send them
0: to my team. Because it's so obvious <laughs> if someone likes it. Like, right. She's keeping us like on her toes. Yeah. met someone, <laughs> I met someone who was pulled from the crown at Jingle oh, Bash. Really? Her name's Julia. She was so sweet. And all of her friends, her Swifty community, kind of knew that she was oh, getting really? selected. They kind of had like, an idea and an inkling. And they were wondering where she was. So they're they were like, she's going to meet Taylor. She's going to meet Taylor. Taylor liked one of her posts. And then when they're at the actual concert, they're like, where are you? Where are you? And she's like, oh, I'm stuck in traffic. I'm trying to get into the venue. And she actually met Taylor Swift. And so I got to meet her afterwards. And she's the sweetest. And and it was so funny because afterwards people were taking photos with her because it was like they were so excited (laughs) for her. So it was just it's a cute little experience. And sometimes you don't expect it. Sometimes you do expect it. I think one thing we need to make sure is that when people meet Taylor, be nice to them.
1: Oh, I know people can be so people catty so and mean. just the worst. Like you don't deserve it. Like, <laughs> I know. <laughs> like, what does that mean? Can I just like? Can someone please like message me who deserves to meet Taylor? Like the what, person who's what, tweeting it. What does that it. mean? Yeah, the person who's
0: tweeting it wants <laughs> yeah. to meet Taylor. they're jealous.
1: <laughs> yeah, but so yeah, it was. It's been fun watching those concerts, and you got to go. Did. That is so exciting. It was
0: great. Um, so obviously. Ed Sheeran wasn't performing, so we were wondering mm-hmm. what song she was gonna perform. And um, one of them, I met one of our followers, Janelle, and we kinda like met up and we got together with her little Swifty group that uh-huh. she she's a part of, and someone in that group actually was on a plane with Taylor Swift's pianist. Oh nice. And the pianist was like, Yep, yeah, she's not gonna play end game. Didn't tell her what one she gonna play, but ended <laughs> up being nice. gorgeous. Which oh was that is so fun. Amazing. That's you know, I know every single Word of that song. It was... his cute uh, new choreography. Yeah, something different (laughs) that we hadn't seen because I had been, like, following all the other performances. Right. But my favorite part of the experience, I loved seeing her. I loved it. Like, I would go to every single concert if I had enough money. I know. But what I love about this is that she has created such a close-knit, Swifty community. Right. So, before... Before I met you, mm-hmm. I didn't really have any mutuals online who were Swifties. I had, like, a couple of friends. Right. I wasn't really, like, involved in Tumblr and Twitter like everyone else mm-hmm. is. But now that I am, thank goodness. Like, <laughs> I'm meeting all these people who are so close, have each other's back, and it's just a different experience. Yeah, She's fostering this community. People are having best friends. Mm. You know, just someone asked me at a work party last night, like, but why Taylor Swift? And I was on spot, and I was like, "Uh," yeah, like, <laughs> I kind of word vomited. Yeah. But that's one of my favorite things about her is that right. she she takes her time to meet fans to make them feel special, and then through that, people are connecting with each other.
1: Mm-hmm. But how was? Do you think seeing her made you more
0: excited for oh, tour? Yes, I had I didn't have great seats, but I was so excited for yeah. tour. It was just ah, uh, <laughs> I I filmed the first two songs just for yes. people who were on our Instagram. But then afterwards, I was like, I'm sorry, I have to put it down, I have to shake it off, I have to dance, <laughs> yeah. I have to, like, pay attention to I all know. these the three other songs that are there. I mean, how could you not be excited after seeing her perform those five songs? I
1: know. It's interesting, because it is, like, a totally different vibe than, like, the 1989 yeah. performances, and I love that she has her backup singers with her. Like, I think it's so... Like, I love 1989, but it always was a little interesting that Taylor Swift had only male dancers and she didn't really,
0: No, female. you kind of
1: never saw no. another woman on stage with her. But, um, so it was fun to see like that girls group aspect, <laughs> you know, cause it was like, they've all been with her for so long and they all had their little dance routines down and it was just nice to see her surrounded by people who like, you know, her women. real friends. Yeah. yeah. Strong women. <laughs> so it'll be fun to see a full length tour and how mm-hmm. it all goes. But it was also an eventful week outside of the music because... Why, 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 why? <laughs> yeah. Tell me. The so Time magazine had their People of the Year issue, and it was named the Silence Breakers. So yes. everyone involved in the Me Too movement, in the um, speaking out against sexual assault. So there were a few people on the cover, and Taylor Swift happened to be one, which was she a was.
0: surprise. Which was a surprise, yeah. and a lot of people were not excited about about yeah. That.
1: Yeah. So that's so, the thing. Is I, tell me why Taylor was on the cover. Yeah. Well, so Taylor Swift was groped by a DJ at a meet and greet in 2013 during Red, I think, and um, she told her people who told his people, and they fired him. Two years later, he decides to sue her for <laughs> whatever reason, and for two million dollars, and she's like, nah. And she countersues him for a symbolic dollar to be like, you know... Which she
0: paid her last week.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Barely. So so he she took him to court. They had to go through the whole thing. They didn't settle. And um, while he had also sued his... He had also sued her mother and, like, her management team. So her mom was put on the stand. Mm. And his... His lawyer was pretty aggressive, you know. There was a lot of, like, meanness and finger-pointing, and Taylor Swift says in an interview that she was just really bothered by how rude, how mean it was, how painful it was to watch, and she just got angry, and then she was like, fine, I'm not going to be polite. And when she took the stand, she was very direct. She gave, like, unapologetic, very powerful testimony. She has the record for, like, the amount of times someone has said ass in the courtroom, in Colorado, and yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and she won, and he owed her a dollar. So. Yeah, and she released a statement saying that um, you know she acknowledges her privilege, but she wanted to do this so that others would be, you know, would understand that it's never their fault and that it's always okay to speak up. And so, so that was the thing. It was a big part of August news. Was people were covering this, and they were like, you know, Taylor Swift did a pretty good job, I guess.
0: Yeah. Well, they said, I guess. Grammar yeah. just released an article today, actually, and it's actually labeled... Damn right, Taylor Swift deserves to be a Time person oh, of the year. Um, haters are basically saying that she's, it, this is a spineless feminism action and it's politically uh, passive and mm-hmm. saying that Time is just trying to sell copies by putting Taylor on the front cover. Yeah. Or that her experiences with sexual assault isn't as important right, as others. Yeah. And other people, does, like, deserve to be on the cover right so glamour had some really good points and they said by dissecting and ranking uh people's experiences of sexual harassment is alarming as is the discussion of which victim deserves a cover spot newsflash none of these women wanted to be sexually harassed in the first place Regardless of your opinion on Swift as a musician or celebrity, she has done she hasn't done anything wrong. No survivor owes the public his or her story, and Swift should be commended for sharing hers. End of story.
1: Yeah, exactly. It's like this whole idea of like, oh, I don't like Taylor Swift. Why is she on there? She wasn't even like assaulted that badly. It's like so gross <sighs> to me, and it's like. You know, Taylor Swift was just one of, dozens of a dozen interviewed. And yeah. so it's like, yeah, she was put on the cover. And maybe that was because she's a recognizable face that was sell every, copies. And a
0: lot of people knew the story. <laughs> right. A lot of people knew yeah, the story. Yeah, it was a
1: big storyline. And so it's like you know, I think the fact that she did take a powerful stance is a precursor to the Me Too movement yes. because more and, and
0: more women were speaking up. And no, she didn't tweet about the Me Too, right. so a lot of people thought she shouldn't be <laughs> on the cover. But she's still her actions speak louder right. than words, exactly. Which it's just can I say, I am so excited that the only interview she's done has hasn't even known. been about like promoting her album right this and she said and i love this i loved it i tweeted i put it on facebook she for any people who have been um affected by sexual assault Mm -hmm. she said my advice is that you do not blame yourself and you do not accept the blame the other will try to place on you you should not be blamed for waiting 15 minutes 15 days or 15 years to report sexual assault harassment or the outcome of what happens to a person after he or she makes a decision the choice to sexually harass you or assault you
1: I know. It was great. I think it was, like, powerful, and people need to get over their bias and their, like, opinions of her. And oh, she wasn't sexually it.
0: assaulted enough. Yeah, it's like, what? What well, is Taylor
1: Swift is such a fake feminist. It doesn't matter. Like, just because you're, even if she wasn't a feminist, even if she was a horrible human, like, no one deserves to be sexually yeah. assaulted, yeah. and no one's sexual assault can be measured against someone else's, so... It's just like really not productive to sit there and be like, oh, I like Time's whole statement on female empowerment and standing up to, you know, sexual abuse, but I really just don't like Taylor Swift, you know, it just doesn't make any sense. And I think it's really backwards. Honestly, you can have your opinions about mm-hmm. Taylor Swift, but don't go around saying like her sexual assault, her, her standing experience. up to her. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Somehow. Yeah. Because it does. So, it was a great cover, and I'm glad that Time is featuring those stories, whether or not Taylor was a part of that, but since Taylor was chosen to be a part of it, like, accept it and move on. Yeah. <laughs> That's my hot take, but... I think it's a perfect segue into the song we're, we happen to be on this yes. week. this whole week has been a perfect yes, segue. because the song is Don't Blame Me. Mm-hmm. And I think it's, you know, it's one of the favorites off the album. And well, it, was it was one fun of our top, top four. I know! I
0: loved that gospel vibe, that yeah. take me to church sound. It just spoke <laughs> yeah. to my soul. I is it
1: still a top
0: four yes, for I you? Yeah. I love it. Yeah. I love it. I love it.
1: It is good. And you're not alone, because The Critical Response has really enjoyed this song too. I think most of the reviewers mention it as like one of their favorites because, like, um, I think Spin, they called it Stand Out and said, Don't Blame Me is the track where Reputation finally clicks. Sonically speaking, there's something deliciously sacrilegious mm. about the track with Taylor laying out the love-as-a-drug mm. imagery over a thunderous Gothic church soundscape. Mm. Which I like because it is a totally different sound it's than such the a whole different album. Sound. It yeah. is.
0: It's just... I like that she introduces all these different sounds within, Mm -hmm. like, her first six tracks. Yeah. Soulful. Yeah. Soulful.
1: (laughs) And Newsweek also mentions the gospel vibe and how the big soaring hook makes Don't Blame Me an immediate
0: highlight from Reputation. Yes, and Time Magazine, who... did a track by track we're we're always pulling from them they love Taylor Swift has endured criticism on her relationships the fact that she's in them the fact that she sings about them don't blame me could be a clap back to that criticism reminding listeners that the heart simply wants what it wants as her friend Selena Gomez once said and then, uh, you know, since time did a track-by-track track, also, I've also mentioned uh, Spencer Pratt. Yes. He also did a track-by-track track in Cosmo. And he recently had a baby. It's just a cute little yeah. baby. And he said that right now his baby's definitely his drug. And he has a straight <laughs> high off of him. He's sniffing his little hair like it's Coke. So so he <laughs> kind of feels like such a different, like, right. two things that are so polar opposite. You know, mm-hmm. she's singing about her... Her man being her drug, and he's like, oh, this song relates to me because my baby's right. my drug. Yeah. And, you know, he knows it's about Joe, and he says, I need to do more research about Joe because this guy is freaking Romeo on steroids. <laughs> he's got Taylor so damn sprung, it's overwhelming.
1: Yeah. Well, that's what's interesting, and as I was reading this song for this episode, I was trying to figure it out because I think... So, contextually, it comes right after I did something bad. hmm and so, even before the song dropped, people were like, "Oh, I did something bad. Then don't, don't blame, blame me." me. Like it's Classic be, Taylor, like yeah. she can't accept. i a victim. Yeah, <laughs> and it's also in the first half of the album, which you know she's talked about, and we've surmised that the first half really plays into what the media saw of her and kind of these perceptions they have of her, and it's a lot of tongue-in-cheek or mm. just, like, anger and, like, oh, you hate me? Like, then you're going to hate this even more. Yeah. And so I think it's interesting as we look at the lyrics, like, I kind of wonder if this is more satire than, like, a true love song to Joe.
0: But do you want to... Yeah, let's get into the Don't blame me it starts out with the chorus. Don't blame me, love made me crazy. If it doesn't, you ain't doing it right. Lord save me, my drug is my baby. I'll be using for the rest of my life it's such a great hook okay so as soon as I heard that the first time I was like oh my gosh this reminds me of Kesha's Your Love Is My Drug Taylor's you know it's a Taylor's addicted, and it's a crisis. Yes. The only difference is that I don't think Mama Swift is telling her to think twice. (laughs) Yeah, that's
1: true. And it's just like, you're immediately swept up into the sound of it. Like, it's just so atmospheric. You're immediately like, oh my gosh, this is Taylor going full gospel choir. And it's just so... She's
0: worshiping at his altar. And so verse one, I've been breaking hearts a long time and toying with them older guys just play things for me to use. That's such a, I, when I first heard it, I thought she said toying with them other guys. Oh. So
1: I was like, when I read this, I was like, oh, that is such a neat little dig. Yeah. The
0: majority of her exes have been older than her. I
1: know. It's so nice. And this just play things for me to use. I think, so this is where I start to like distrust her, the The reality of of this song. Yeah. yeah. Because it seems like this is clearly parody where she's referencing her blank space characters so like perfectly and giving this nod to how... The public perceives mm-hmm. her as this like man-hungry, addicted, obsessive, free serial yeah. dater <laughs> who's just like lovesick and never takes responsibility and just goes through men, you know. Yeah,
0: and like also, you know, she's using them for publicity stunts for attention. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, there's Tom. There's like all these other yeah. people she's dated that people think that it's just so calculating, right? So I definitely did think she was playing into like the media's narrative right. of like who she was. Mm-hmm. Um, something happened for the first time in the darkest little paradise, shaking, pacing. I just need you. Again, Kesha, Taylor crashes and craves when he leaves her and she goes yeah. through all these withdrawals when he's gone and the symptoms are driving her crazy and she needs to fix. She is a lovesick craphead. <laughs> I know it's such an
1: interesting image for such a good girl to play yeah. into, yeah. and I well, think it's she perfect. does
0: say she's a good girl, but she'll do yeah. bad things.
1: <laughs> yeah, but I think it's this is where I was like, okay, something happened for the first time. I was like, but this keeps happening to Taylor, and that's
0: what I think is like yes, telling to me. it keeps happening. But when you find a new guy that you love, right. you're always like, this is so different. Yeah. This is different than last time. I know, but
1: then I was thinking about how when she talks about Delicate in The Secret Sessions, she's like, this was the song where I, this is the moment where I start to realize like the person I like, I was worried about them hearing about my rap. I was worried about my rap because it was finally real. Mm-hmm. And so I was wondering if maybe, you know, <laughs> I was wondering if since this song is before it, this is before oh. she has the real feelings. This is before she's like really invested and she sort of is, Flank you can kind of out. feel that yeah, you can fi- kind of feel her being like,
0: oh yeah, I'm a total man eater, like deal with it. Maybe, you know. Like she was afraid, like within the first meeting him, that these were all the reputations that he would right. see her
1: as. Yeah, because I think that's why this song's use of drug imagery is like so potent, because it, it's like, it's not real, it's just mm-hmm. a trip. It's like, she's just, she's so high that she's not actually seeing reality. She's, not she's just, through. yeah, she's singing about this obsessive compulsive need to be in love and so this verse to me is like a lot of satire mm-hmm. where she's you know toying with and they're her playthings, and it's like this dark paradise which is immediately like oh I can be your nightmare dressed like a daydream and so it seems like it's not about a specific love per se to me it's more like about her character or her reputation mm-hmm. as being yeah love obsessed
0: For you, I would cross the line. I would waste my time. I would lose my mind. They say she's gone too far this time. (laughs) Yes. Of course, like, that's the media's view of her. Mm -hmm. You know, she wastes her time. She's obsessed with these people. She changes to who she dates. She wears plaid because Jake Gyllenhaal wears plaid. Right. You know, she's, like, going a little bit edgier because she's dating a DJ. Mm -hmm. You know, it just, it all varies by who she's dating. Exactly.
1: I think that's what's so cool because it's, like, they say she's gone too far this time. This can't be about Joe for me because no one knew about them. No one was saying that. Like, I know, that's what I was trying to, like, who's, like, right. her friends? Like, yeah. Like, who, who are they? <laughs> yeah, so it feels like this is more generic where you, you know, in all her great love songs, all her great, like, even on this album, you see such specific grounding moments, like, mm. such details, whereas this is much more generic and just atmospheric. And it's just a song about love being a trip. And so this feels more like a love song to love songs. You know, it's the blind-for-love Taylor. She's mm-hmm. singing about all these different guys, like you said, where all these different narratives could fit different boyfriends. Like, you know, crossing the line, like, she broke up with Calvin and, like, destroyed his career. They immediately jumped that. in with another person. Yeah, she wasted her yeah. time with Tom, who was, like, the rebound to end the all rebounds. Yeah. They said she went too far Right. Time. So all these different pieces can be assigned to whoever, whenever, and so it's mm-hmm. almost like... This song is a conglomerate of everyone's different thoughts and take on Taylor's love life. And so this is like her choir, her anthem to the way they have turned her into a figure rather than like a human person.
0: Yeah. Don't blame me. Your love made me crazy. If it doesn't, you ain't doing it right. Lord, save me. My drug is my baby. I'll be using for the rest of my life. Don't blame me. Your love made me crazy. If it doesn't, you ain't doing it right. Oh, Lord, save me. My drug is my baby. I'll be using for the rest of my life. I love Obviously, this Obviously, I'll be using for the rest of my life. A lot of people are like, she's done for. She, right. She, she's sticking to no. Joe. She's That's the one. I that's know. That's a lot of people took out of it.
1: This is where my like English nerd probably takes it too far, but to me, it's like, if I look at this song, her like subject isn't necessarily like a boy. It mm-hmm. seems like she's singing about love. Like, she's saying... My drug, as in my obsession, my like need to be in love is my baby. I like care about it. I need it. Mm-hmm. I'm fixed on it, and so it
0: seems like she's addicted to being in love. Yeah. So, so which is why she possibly might jump from relationship to relationship exactly. to relationship.
1: And I don't know if that's true or yeah. if it's just but part that's of the how parody. people yeah. think of her. They think she's just <laughs> she's just love obsessed, and I think that's why I love that she uses the gospel elements in this song particularly because it's not just a great like sound and a really fun way to hear her voice but it's more like this soulful buildup of all the gospel elements like it almost feels like intoxicating like you're just kind of lost in the moment it feels like you're just being lulled into Mm -hmm. this trap and it Mm -hmm. almost sounds like that snake song in the jungle book you know where you're just like oh yeah drug is my baby like I am I am feeling this and it seems like she's having fun with this new sound and even though this doesn't fit the usual format of her songs, and it doesn't even fit the rest of the album stylistically. It makes that, it makes it seem more like a parody to me. Mm-hmm. And so it seems like she's singing about something not fully understood, like something people are still trying to define, which to me makes sense then that she would use gospel songs, because it's like you're singing about a savior or a belief system, you're singing about faith in something or like the belief in something mm-hmm. rather than like a true visceral understanding and she's singing about how she feeds off of this Mm -hmm. like power this trip this like ecstasy for being in love so i think it's an interesting sound for taylor to explore and i think it has to mean more to the song at large too
0: Mm Let's go to verse two. My name is whatever you decide, and I'm gonna call you mine. I'm insane, and I'm your baby. Mm -hmm. Echoes of your name inside my mind. Halo hiding my obsession. I once was poisoning Ivy, but now I'm your Daisy. I love this verse, and Mm -hmm. I love that last line. Mm -hmm. You do too. So I so like of course Haley was referencing the media, like in all of her mm. relationships and media I portrayed her as toxic, toxic right. and a dangerous heartbreaker. Very much like the poison Ivy character in Batman. She right. goes from like guy to guy to guy yeah. and then like ultimately she'd kill them because right. of like she was what she possessed inside, mm. like you know, was toxic and that was the end of them. Yeah, she's the villain. <laughs> like it's such a different between two different plants because with a daisy, a daisy represents like purity and innocence and cleansing, and it's mm-hmm. white. And so maybe she's thinking within this verse that like when I fall in love, like I'm gonna become pure. Like all these other relationships right. have been like toxic, and I made me toxic. But mm-hmm. now that I found this one person, I am like reborn you know kind of like gospel-esque like when you're baptized you're cleansed and you're all your sins are forgiven so in here she's because she's had this guy and she's worshiping at the altar like she is essentially forgiven of all of her past sins Mm -hmm. also thought going into literary works you might be able to have some insight on this too but we have to talk about that There's Daisy and Great Gatsby. I know, which And she references Great Gatsby. And, you know, within that, Daisy, the main character, has this great love affair with Jay. Mm -hmm. Which, ironically, Jay, Joe, (laughs) jay Lur, Yeah. There you go. And her husband's name was Tom. I don't know, Tom Hiddleston? You know, she was with that one guy beforehand. (laughs) And, you know, Daisy had all of these, like, suitors who were wealthy, who were rich, falling all over her, giving her, like... Everything she would wanted, and when she first had met Jay, he was a poor, poor soldier. Mm-hmm. Joe wasn't a soldier in Billy Lynn's long. Walk. Oh, and Joe the isn't layers. as yes, and Joe isn't as we- wealthy as all of her other suitors because he's isn't established right, right now. Like he's, you know, he's a model. He's getting there. He's an actor, but he's not as established as right. everybody. But I definitely don't think she's like relaying the two and two together. This is the parody song, if yeah. you will, because
1: because jay, end well. jay ends yeah. up dying <laughs> yeah.
0: and daisy leaves Daisy him. turns out to be a real piece of work well she that's does. the thing she is leaves like, him for the money and right. for the, the fame of it all so it's it's like a parody because yeah. in here she's not it's not necessarily she's singing about true love like right said, she's singing about uh, her obsession her obsession with i it. think that's what's so interesting is it's like here she says
1: like i have this halo hiding my obsession mm. and i think that's again, such an interesting image that really proves, like, she's saying, oh, I put on this nice display, like, I pretend I'm an angel, but actually, I'm a little psychotic, a, blank space. And a little dark, exactly. Where, like, at first,
0: like, the first half of the music yeah. video, she's nice, like, she's like it's oh. a love that everyone dreams of, and then, yeah. then she's smashing his car and right. throwing his cell phone in the water. Like There's all of these, like, different emotions and layers that she's putting yeah, on. Yeah, and
1: I think that's what makes the Daisy reference so interesting because yeah you have Poison Ivy which is very upfront anti-hero mm-hmm. very sexual very like like she's this viper who just goes man just yeah literally kills people and then now I'm your Daisy you immediately think oh like how sweet like just such a sweet little mm-hmm. innocent Daisy yeah, exactly but in reality Great Gatsby's Daisy was a wasn't a nice person she was, and she was she having was, an
0: affair on, uh, from her husband right she was like and then, in, like, she was, like, proclaiming that she had all this love for Jay, but the moment things, things turned yeah. sour, she was like, see you later. Exactly.
1: It's like she plays into this idea that people have of her. Men read her as, like, innocent. Mm. Men read her as, you know, Silly. needing yeah. rescued. Yeah. And Daisy's actually, like, a little greedy,
0: very selfish, and Which dangerous. a lot of people, after she was exposed We're like oh my gosh Taylor's right. greedy she's selfish like yes, she's only in it for her yeah. she's in it for the money
1: yeah and so I think it's interesting like Daisy in the book Great Gatsby is constantly pretending these men need to save her Taylor Swift describes in the precursor song I Did Something Bad how she plays people like a violin mm-hmm. she lets them think that they saved her and so she hides her dark side constantly puts on the halo and becomes this delicate little daisy flower for them to like protect but in reality she still has this like compulsive need to be liked but also aware that she is poison ivy she's bad Mm -hmm. she's gonna like cause problems and so I think that's what's interesting is that this really does show like this shady narrative and it's not just a romantic notion that oh I used to like I used to make people really uncomfortable and I was like poison ivy and like you were allergic to me but now I'm like this sweet flower so like you can take care of me Mm -hmm, whereas mm -hmm. I think it's more yeah the halo hiding my obsession like she's aware she's an addict she has a problem but Mm -hmm. she's not gonna get fixed Mm -hmm. yeah
0: and then the pre-chorus and baby for you I'd fall from grace just to touch your face if you walk away I would beg you on my knees to stay you know, I'm just thinking in, like, her last relation, all of her last relationships, like, they've broken up, they've kind of, like, gone their way, like, she writes a love song about it, mm-hmm. but, like, I mean, there has to be some truth into, right. like, her relationship because there is that point when you're in a relationship where you are addicted and right. you can't get enough of them, and yeah. we do know that there is satire, but there is truth in every single satire, mm-hmm. so part of me thinks, like, if Joe does end it or if Joe was like, it's over now, maybe she right. would, like risk everything to, to like try and make yeah. the relationship work because I don't know how her the inner dealings of her relationship are but this one seems right. to be like one of the ones that she's really been mm-hmm. protective over and trying to like coddle everything
1: yeah I think that's the point too is like she is like showing again this satirical look at a real relationship and how the media perceives her how the media thinks she interacts with these men is probably as some like you know, love drunk girl who's like, Oh, I need this fix. Like, never disappoint me, never leave me. I need you. Yeah. But I think there is like truth, obviously, in that it is like a romantic notion that's been used before in different songs, too. Is this idea of it being an addiction?
0: Yeah, and then we go into the chorus again. I don't need to say it because it's yeah. a long chorus, but then the bridge. Yeah, this is like where she's like, She, she has shows me. off that brain. She, she does, that's... and it's the everything the music the lyrics her voice yeah. just creates it all i get so high every time you're every time you're loving me you're loving me, trip of my life. Oh, every time you're every time you're touching me, <laughs> you're touching me. Every time, every time you're loving me, oh Lord save me, my drug is my baby, I'll be using for the rest of my life.
1: And then she hits this killer high note and it just crescendos and like Crescendo shatters and it's just amazing. And it almost feels like when a buzz hits, you know, mm-hmm. like it's like, oh, you when finally you reached high. it. Yeah. Yes. And I think it's like great because again, In her later songs, like, in the album, you see her emotional maturity in her romance, and it's, like, you have such powerful songs and like, Call It What You Want and New Year's Day, where it's all about priorities and, like, realizing what matters, and so it's great that it starts here, where it's in that, like, shallow, Mm -hmm. shallow part of love, where it's like, oh, I'm so obsessed, I can't stop thinking about you, I'm, like, I'm intoxicated Mm -hmm. and I'm on this trip of my life, and so this doesn't have the emotional, like, cognizance of her later songs, but that's like part of where it feels like a little bit like parody like a little bit like satire because this is how the media views every single one of her relationships yeah. is it's shallow it's just about her needing her next fix it's just about her getting her and next selfish, guy like she's selfish like it's not yeah. about the guy it's
0: not about the relationship it's about what she can right. get and out of it right and she's
1: not she never takes blame she won't like she doesn't think she's at fault for it she just wants more and more and more and so i think she is like playing into this perception of her needing more and mm. like demanding more and i think it's such a fun song because it isn't necessarily the same storytelling technique she uses in later songs, but instead this is about a feeling, and it's one like everyone can immediately like tune into and relate to. Oh,
0: you definitely. Did. Yeah, I've been there. You've been yeah. there. I'm sure. <laughs> even if you haven't been in a relationship, oh, you yeah. have been there you're because like, you've been obsessed oh, yes. with somebody. Yeah, yeah. When we go back into the chorus, which I do not need to repeat. Yeah, you just but then the, the outro. outro, I get so high. Oh, every time, every time you're loving me. You're loving me, Oh, Lord, save me. My jug is my baby. I'll be using for the rest of my life.
1: And it plays out so powerfully, it like does. it's just a gut punch, you know? I
0: love it. Like whether it's satire or not, it's still oh, yeah. one of my favorites.
1: Yeah, I know. It's just such a different sound, mm-hmm. and I think it's so. I wasn't fun expecting that she this
0: herself. out of, of Taylor, right? <laughs>
1: like, yeah. Where is she going next?
0: I know. What is she doing next? Yeah,
1: it's exciting. Like clearly, she has range and like ability to do so much. And we get the making of of this one next.
0: We do. It'll we be do. so great. I'm so excited. Now, let me just say, how does this work into the Taylor? <gasps> yes, lineup? the 15 Taylor Theory. Yes. And I am, I'm taking this less satirical, but I texted you a while ago, and we both know because I told you, and you probably already knew that the fourth track, fourth Taylor, is Zombie, Out of the Woods Taylor. If you that's go on to right. 1989, the fourth track on 1989 is Out of the Woods. Oh, okay. Which I feel oh, like, perfect. I don't know if that's a coincidence or not, right. but I kind of feel like it's hmm. not, but we were talking, I think, with, when we did our Out of the Woods right. episode was that we assumed that Taylor never made it out of the woods because we see that she died and because of all the bad things she did on track three. But I think, like, what if her dying and coming back as a stronger version of herself actually got her out of the woods? Like, that's what she needed to get out of the woods with uh-huh. the problems that were going on. She needed she to. Needed that she needed to heroin just trip. the hair in the high. <laughs> she needed to, you know, use her <laughs> drug of choice. It was yeah, Joe who right. made her realize that, like. Nothing else mattered, and she needed to purposely overdose on him, causing her to die and come back as a harder, badass bitch. Speaking of which, look what you made me do. Track number six, Taylor number six, says, Who's that bitch? To the zombie Taylor. And she says... Don't call me that. <laughs> did we never talk about the connection between Kanye calling Taylor a bitch? I and think we did. Taylor's and the zombie saying, don't call me that. Because basically it was like, look what you made me do, Kanye. I killed myself and I created such a force that you don't want to reckon with. Oh, yes. It's just, I don't know. I feel like it's still... Uh, ties together. I know it necessarily might not tie the lyrics into it, but situational.
1: Yeah, that's interesting. It's provocative. And I love that you mentioned Kanye (laughs) Mm -hmm. because that's tea time. Uh,
0: What happened before pre-sale? Right. So this is
1: December 4th, so... It was just a little blip of drama because we can't
0: have nice things. Nope, and December 4th are always being National Rat Day.
1: Yeah, so Monday, Taylor was just promoting British Vogue. Nothing really out of the ordinary. And then Kim Kardashian just randomly, years after the event, Mm -hmm. posts a photo of the famous, like, music video. The kind set. of, like,
0: making of photo, because mm-hmm. she's, like, taking a picture. It shows taking her taking a photo, picture. probably
1: of Kanye, right. and
0: then you can see, you naked, see naked, Taylor. naked Taylor.
1: And that's the thing. She's great but at throwing she, shade. Like, yes. Kim knows how to throw shade. So Swifties, of course, flipped out and mm-hmm. they left rat emojis all over Very her Insta. Yeah, but
0: it was just sort of a messy. Well, right afterwards, situation. I don't know if right after, but the next photo that Taylor shared was from her Vogue, and it said, "Never trust a narcissist." <laughs> Perfect. Like kind of like a clapback.
1: Another clapback. Yeah, that's what. So this is what gets me, and this is my this is my tea is because. People are always citing Taylor's immaturity or like unwillingness to let go or how yeah. petty she is. Like I, ha- I can't even tell you how many times I've heard her and Adele are the same age, and like Adele is so much more mature because she doesn't sing about like breakups. But she does. I know it's like it's like they don't they don't understand that just because Adele sings in a more powerful, soulful way doesn't yeah. mean her lyrics aren't as melodramatic. Exactly. Or, yeah, <laughs> and this is where it gets interesting, is because Kim and Kanye. Are a decade older than Taylor Swift. Mm. They are supposedly older, more mature. Their parents, whatever else, and they keep dragging this stuff. So you
0: think since their parents, this is my take on it. So we've talked about Pink before, how Pink kind of like stepped back from like. Right. Someone asked Pink, like, who do you who do you side with, Katie or Taylor? And originally she said Taylor, but then someone asked her about it, and she said, you know, like I don't want to be part of. I have a daughter. I want to teach my daughter, like. There are more things in in life than like pinning people against right. each other and choosing sides. Like yeah. she had a daughter, and she realized this isn't priorities. Mm. This isn't why I shouldn't be doing. Like I need to teach my daughter better. You yeah. think Kim and Kanye having children would have like changed their like view <laughs> on everything? I don't know. Well,
1: that's the thing too. Is Kim Kardashian? You know, I remain a fan of the Kardashians you are in a way. Fan. Um, but it's sort of frustrating because Kim was just on a media blitz. She was talking all about how she respects people too much to talk crap. And, like, and so it's interesting that she, she makes this exception for Taylor. And whether or not that's like loyalty to her husband, whatever else, it's just really disturbing that she would, she would continue to post a photo of Taylor in the nude when Taylor's made it very clear that she's uncomfortable with that, that it isn't artistic, that it, it isn't nice, mature, respectful, mm. feminist at all. To, like, go around sharing a woman's likeness without her consent. And so I think it's really crazy that, you know, Kim, Kanye, they aren't seen as the immature ones in this. Taylor is somehow. But Kim's the one shading her. Kim's the one dragging this up. And it's just a double standard. I think that she's
0: changing people's mind. Yeah. I don't think that everyone's like, oh, my gosh, Taylor's so immature. And Kim and Kanye aren't. I think their actions are... Right, it's starting to yeah. show a little it's bit. It's starting to show. I don't think that people are, I think people are second-guessing their original opinion on the whole Taylor Swift-Kanye feud. Right. Fingers crossed. Fingers <laughs> crossed. I, I, Taylor's gotten a lot lot of more respect in the media. Yeah, I think that's what's great about this era. Is
1: they're only allowed to talk about her music. She's not really engaged in any other way. Mm-hmm except she was in vogue she and in vogue. she instead of doing an interview she sent them a poem which i love
0: because it gives <laughs> us more stuff great. to go over i
1: know so i think that's what we'll be doing next week is talking a little bit about her poem she sent called the trick to holding on
0: yes i'm excited i that was a really deep poem and just made, made me feel all the feels so i'm Glad to go over that. I'm also excited because next week is her birthday. Yes, so I'm so excited to see what fans do for her, what she does. Yeah, the 13th is her birthday, and you get the Swift Life and General cell goes. Oh Swift yeah, so there's a lot of stuff. It'll look be to look forward so to. eventful. Yes, it'll be amazing and awesome. Yeah, anyway. uh, but you guys, let us know what you think of everything Taylor Swift, the poem, Kanye drama. Yeah, email us Podcast at Gmail or tweet us, um, message us. On Tumblr, on Instagram, everywhere. we're everywhere, <laughs> Swiftish Podcast, yes, but you know, there's... next week we'll learn how to let go, but until then, I'm Ashley, and I'm Shelby,
1: and Taylor, you know, we might never get over that Ticketmaster debacle, but don't blame us.